that in Christ you have complete and total access to God. I mean, think about how powerful that is. Do you lack wisdom? Guess what? You have access to the wisest person who ever lived. Are you struggling to understand what's happening right now? Guess what? You have access to the Alpha and the Omega who holds all of time in your hands. Right? It's like in Christ, because of the finished work of Jesus, you have unlimited access to the presence of the Father and you're accepted in the Beloved. Did you know that because of Jesus, you have full access to God, the creator of the universe? Pastor Daniel will share today how true this is. Because Jesus gave his life for you on the cross, you get to be a part of his kingdom. His blood covers all the wrongs you've committed, washing away your sins forever. That allows you to be in the presence of your perfect, blameless heavenly father who loves you deeply and wants a relationship with you. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Romans, chapter 5, as he begins his message, What's Your Experience? I'm sure it probably doesn't come as a shock to any of you who know me at all that I'm a classic experience junkie. I love to experience all sorts of things. Now, it wasn't really my fault. I was actually nurtured to be this way. My mom loved a roller coaster like no one's business. She really loved it. And I remember we would go, back in the day, it was called, uh, where I grew up, it was called Great Adventure. Now they I think they call it Six Flags. So in my native state of New Jersey, they had that there. And I remember because we would go there as young teenagers and my mom would always want to go on the roller coasters. And my dad was just like, yeah, uh, no. You know, he's just, we wouldn't do it. And right as my dad said no, my sisters were like, yeah, definitely not. And my mom didn't even ask me if I wanted to go. She's like, you're going. You know, and you know, when your mom says you're going, you're just going. You know what I mean? And so I remember we wait on the line and I'm like, mom, so why doesn't dad like to go on roller coasters? She's like, well, because he's a wimp. And so, because I was the way, like my family was just funny that way. And I'm like, so am I going to make it through this? And she's like, oh yeah, it's going to be great. And we're together. So if we go down, we go down together. And I'm like, great, you know? So I just remember we would go on all of these roller coasters. So there was this one that was called a free fall. And free fall was literally, it was like, it was just two people in this little car. They would take you up like 30 stories. And all of a sudden you hear like a bell and then the thing would just drop super fast. Everyone's like shaking their head. Those of you who don't like roller coasters. And I, you know, and I just remember my mom, would she'd be so much fun. She'd be like, listen, here, I got a penny. And she's like, if you hold the penny in your hand, when you go down, the penny's going to go up because you're going to go down faster than the penny. And I was like, no way. She was like, no, no, it's science. My mom was a teacher. It's physics. And I'm like, I don't know anything about that. But, and I remember watching it and the penny went right up and we went right down. And I felt like my stomach hit the bottom of my feet. And I'm like, that was awesome, you know? And so, and then it just began the whole thing. And then there was the, the great American scream machine. There was all these things where we were flipping around every which way. And I'm like, mom, this is awesome. And so I blame my mom for everything since then in my life. And in a lot of ways, though, it was funny, though, because I remember one time just because yeah, we called my dad a wimp. I remember after my mom had passed away, we got my dad to bungee jump, which was that would be another story for another. That was super funny. But but literally we were going. There was a bungee jump thing. We're like, dad, and we, I just did to my dad what my mom did to me. We're like, you're going. 
And he's like, I'm not going. He's like, I haven't jumped out of anything since I jumped out of a plane in Vietnam. I'm like, well, you're jumping with a bungee jump, you know? And he did it. God bless him. He never did it again, but he did it. You know, but I bring this up because, listen, I'm just going to put all my cards on the table. Here's the thing. Jesus came not that we would just believe the right things. Jesus came that we would believe the right things. And the beliefs now become the guardrails that we can have life and have life more abundantly. Right? So really the, the reality of who the Lord is, is that God wants our, all of our experiences to be drenched with his presence, with who he is. And I think what's gone on is that in every generation within Christianity, people have a tendency to really love the peace that they love. And so today in 21st century America, you have kind of two different camps, if we could put it this way in Christianity. One camp is that you need to believe proper doctrine and it's almost all head theology, right? And everything is about, I need to make sure I believe the right things. That's one camp. And then the other camp is, is God is an experiential God. And so I just want to have my experiences. And by and large, if we were to stereotype them, and I know stereotyping is bad, but you know, there is discernment, you know, you know, a tree by its fruit, you know what I'm saying? So even though we're not supposed to do this, it's like, if you look at each camp, one camp is, it's all about the scriptures and theology. And the other camp, it's experience is bad. And then the other camp, it's all about experience and the Bible is bad. Or the Bible limits your experience, right? And so what ends up happening is, is when that becomes the polarization, then the people who are in the, it's only about theology camp and it's never about experience, then they become anti-experience, right? And then the people who are the only about experience and they kind of come, like, they know the Bible is the word of God, but they really don't want to abide by it, right? And then what ends up happening is, is then people get dug in and then Christianity becomes polarized. Now, the reason I bring this up is, of course, is one of the great blessings of being part of this generation is that for a lot of us, we realize that that's a false dichotomy and we reject all false dichotomies. Why? Because they're false. And Jesus is the truth. See, people look at experiential Christianity and they say, we well, you know what the problem was. It was those mystics going into the desert and mysticism is bad. But the reason they went into the desert And the reason they did things that we don't agree with sometimes is because they didn't have the Bible. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when all you have is experience, then you're left up to whatever you can come up with. But when you have the Bible and you say, hey, I actually want to experience God, then the Bible becomes the guide and the guardrails to keep your experience centered. And in a lot of ways, I love so much about being a part of this generation is, and especially here at Crossroads, is we love theology. We love the word of God. But we don't believe for one second that Jesus said, I have come that you might believe the right things. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. You might have life abundantly. And good theology creates the guide and the guardrails for us to truly have life abundant in Christ. So just so you know, like someone says, well, is Crossroads a theological church or is it an experiential church? I say, yes, we're both. We believe in the word of God and we don't want to practice anything outside of the word of God. But at the same time, the word of God leads us into a life that experiences God at street level. We always say, Jesus is real. He's at street level. We want to live our lives with this reality of who God is. We want to experience God this side of eternity. We are not content as a family of faith to read about Moses meeting with God or Peter meeting with God. We're not content to say, well, Paul met with God and my entire experience in this life is going to be about Paul meeting with God. Wrong. Paul and Peter and Moses and all these folks met with God and we use their experiences as an encouragement because God wants to meet with you. God wants to meet with me. God wants our lives in Christ to be an experience of Christ in life. 
And what I love is that as we've been studying this life intention series, I bring up the two camps, the Jesus to be experienced camp or the Jesus only to be studied camp. And I bring that up because that's another tension in this world. But we manage those tensions and we say, God, I want both. Now, I realize that right now for some of you, you're like, well, I really like experiencing God, but I really don't like studying theology. Well, guess what? We're going to encourage you today to study theology. And for those of you, like, I really like studying theology, but I read that so-and-so said that experiencing God, that's bad. Well, guess what? We're going to encourage you to experience God. Because God is not just to be believed about. He is to be known intimately. And what I would make the case, and we're going to see the Apostle Paul making the case, is that all that Jesus did, this idea of we're justified by faith apart from works, it actually leads us into the most extraordinary experience. And if you don't believe me, see what the word of God says. Open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. Romans 5. We're going to be taking verses 1 to 11 today. So Romans chapter 5. If you brought your Bible with you to church, super proud of you. Open up to Romans 5. The first of Paul's letter in the New Testament. Sixth book in the New Testament. And really what we're going to find as we're in Romans 5, 1 to 11. Is that now all that Paul has been explaining to us about what it means to be justified. What it means to be saved. Now we're going to see in light of that, what is the wealth of blessings that come with that. So now we're going to take it from belief into the practical experience that we have because of the belief that we have. So it doesn't just stay in the realm of theology. Now it moves from theology to practical experience. So look at what it says. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So in these first two verses, we get three characteristics of the experience that we have now that we're saved. And that's this, peace, access, and joy. Peace, access, and joy. Now, I don't know about you, but all three of these things are awesome. We don't want to miss that, that, that peace, access, and joy are all pretty amazing things. Look what it says first, Romans 5.1. Therefore, having been justified by faith. Now, you notice this is that it's already happened. So this is now the experience of the believer. For somebody who has been justified, who has been declared righteous, who has been declared just as if they had never sinned. Somebody who is in Christ, having been justified by faith, not by your performance, not by works, but by trusting in Jesus, we have Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's where I get the peace from. Now we're at peace with God. Now, this idea of being at peace with God, as it relates, it literally is speaking about the cessation of hostilities. Right? The idea that when we're outside of Christ, we are at enmity with God. We are offensive to God. Now, I want to talk about that for a second because people really get upset about that. See, Really what the Bible teaches is not that when you're outside of Jesus, you don't have some spiritual inclinations or maybe even a desire for something spiritual. See, everybody has spiritual ideas. Even an atheist has spiritual ideas, right? They believe that there's no such thing. That's still a spiritual idea. See, but here's the thing. Just because you have spiritual inclinations does not mean that you are at unity with God, at one with God. 
See, oftentimes the church is so known for saying, if you don't know Jesus, you don't know God. Really what I would say is that really what goes on is that you could have all sorts of ideas about God, but you're not at peace with God. See, in the same way, it's like if you have unresolved situations with somebody, you can still be in their presence. You can talk to them, but you're actually not at peace with them, right? Many of us know what this is like. In the holiday season, you see your family, you're in their presence, but y'all don't really get along, right? Like there's all sorts of, and so you're not at peace with them, although you're around them. And in the same way for people, outside of Jesus, a person is not at peace with God because God is perfect and we are not. God never fails and we often fail. Or maybe we could even say we always fail. But Jesus, our faith in Jesus and his death on the cross for our sins, his resurrection that conquers the consequence of that sin, which is death. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, now now we're at peace with God. Now what's amazing is, is that Jesus is the one who made peace with God for us. And in Christ, we are at peace with God. And so peace is an awesome thing to be able to be at complete peace with God. See, in the same way, we look at what goes on in the world today. There are nations that don't get along. They can go to a summit together. It doesn't mean that they're at peace together. Does that make sense? And so Jesus grants us peace. Now, the beauty is, is that when you're at peace with somebody, when there is a cessation of hostilities, that actually also opens up all sorts of other opportunities. So peace, of course, leads to access, right? Look what it says. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Now, here's the thing that's super cool. When you're at peace with God, right? Now you have access to God. Now, this is really awesome. See, when I talk about the idea of our faith is meant to be experienced, every single moment of your life, if you're in Christ, you have access to the Father through the finished work of Jesus by God's grace in which you stand. And that access is awesome. See, you really don't know a person or a place until you have access to them. Like, imagine if we all took a trip to Washington, D.C. We could see the White House from a distance. Maybe if we got our tickets, we can take a tour of the White House. But you don't have full access to the White House, right? You can't go down into the the situation room or or the super crazy uh, bunker that they have. I saw it in a movie, so maybe they do, maybe they don't. You know what I mean? That God forbid something happens, the president goes down... 70,000 leagues under the sea in a room that nothing can happen in or whatever, you know? It's like, there might be all those things there. You don't have access to them even though you can be around the White House. See, for you and I, if you're in Christ, not only does Jesus make us at peace with God, he gives us access. You realize that a child has access to their parents. I just had this just the other day. My bride, Lynn, she was away with uh, Maranatha. You know, so I had Annabelle and Obadiah at home. It was a blast. Somebody said, oh, so you're being super dad this week? I'm like, I'm always super dad. But that's beside the point. But sure enough, Annabelle woke up four o'clock in the morning. Dad, dad. And guess what? Dad was there, right? And she just missed me. So she wanted to get a hug and pat on the head and go back to bed now, sweetie. I'm tired, you know? And so, but like a child has access. Do you realize that in Christ you have complete and total access to God. I mean, think about how powerful that is. Do you lack wisdom? Guess what? You have access to the wisest person who ever lived. Are you struggling to understand what's happening right now? Guess what? You have access to the Alpha and the Omega who holds all of time in your hands. 
right? It's like in Christ, because of the finished work of Jesus, you have unlimited access to the presence of the Father and you're accepted in the beloved. And that to me, it's like when someone said, listen, you get access to the Father and peace with God by faith in Jesus. I'm like, I'll take that. Sign me up for that. I want that access. You realize right now, no matter what you're going through, you have access to the Father in Christ. There's nothing hindering that access. Because of Jesus. And now you have peace and you have access. But then also look what else it says. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You have joy. And I like to say that joy is a disposition of the heart that knows that God is God and that I am not. Joy is what happens when you and I realize that because of Jesus we have peace with God. We have access to God. And now guess what? I have joy in my situations. And brothers and sisters, listen. Joy is the fruit of a life in Christ. And listen, there's a lot of things that fight to steal our joy. Can we just be honest about that? See, we're talking about experience. We don't believe in any experience is a good experience. We believe in discerning experiences. Does that make sense? And there's a lot of things that we do that are pleasurable momentarily, but actually steal your joy. Right? And for each one of us, we have to be honest about those things. Like that's something, because the Bible says that that's a sin, right? That that steals my joy. But guess what? Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Listen to what it says in Psalm 1611. It says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand is pleasure forevermore. That's Psalm 1611. Think about how powerful that is. That you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand is pleasure forever. You realize that for you and I, if you're in Christ, God's presence is his present to you. Because when you're in Christ, Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, that the spirit of God dwells in you, that God will never leave you nor forsake you, that no matter where you go, no matter what goes on, God is always there. So the problem is not, God, I need you to show up here. The problem is, God, you're already here. You were here before I got here. And God, will you make me aware of your presence? And for a lot of us, we forget that in the midst of the struggles of life. When you're stressed out at work, my friends, guess what? Jesus was already there. When you're getting into it with your family, maybe it's your sweetie or your spouse, or when your kids are making you go gray while you talk to them, Jesus is already there. You don't need to say, oh, Lord, please show up here. Now, sometimes people, you know, again, it's so interesting when you talk about the overly theological as opposed to the experiential. When people say, well, why do we want the Holy Spirit to touch down? He's already here. It's like, yeah, but at the same time, for the disciples, you read the book of Acts, they were already in the Spirit. They were baptized in the Spirit, and then the Spirit's third in unique ways. So, you know, sometimes in our overly theological ways, we become actually not theological at all. Because the Spirit of God is always there, but sometimes the Spirit of God wants to do something unique. But right away, off of the top, we see that we have peace and we have access and we have joy. Now, is that your experience? In Christ, are you living out the reality of the peace that surpasses all understanding? Peace with God that leads to the peace of God. You have access to God right where you are, right in the situation that you're in, and that that leads to a great joy. And what's interesting is it says here in verse 2, we rejoice in hope 
of the glory of God. And because now the Apostle Paul has brought up that we rejoice in hope of God's glory, a glory that we are sinning and falling short of now, this future hope. But then Paul runs further. He says in verse 3, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, verse 3, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out on our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Now what we learn, how we experience God is that we get to hope in tribulation. We get to hope in tribulation. See, what we realize quite honestly is that Peace with God does not necessarily mean peace with other people or peace with the circumstances of our lives. And that's a hard truth, isn't it? That sometimes we're surprised that we're, God has made peace with us through the cross, but that doesn't mean that we have peace in every other area of our life. Peace with God does not equal peace with other people. It doesn't equal peace with the circumstances of our lives. And so what do we do? We have peace with God, but then we live in the real world. With all these issues, with with struggles and problems and all these things. And it says, but not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. What? Don't you love it when the Bible talks crazy like that? I call that crazy talk. Because I remember the first time I read these things, I'd be like, what? We glory in... I've never once met someone when something bad, like they get in a car accident, and they get in the car like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I'm so happy I got in this accident right now. Could you imagine if somebody hit you and they did that? You'd want to hit them again. Like, it's like, you just like, excuse me? Like, all of a sudden, you go get back from the doctor, and the doctor's like, man, you are so sick right now. I mean, you, it's amazing you're standing upright, and you're like, yes, I love this. It's crazy talk, but it's biblical crazy talk. Why? Because we realize that in the real world, because of our faith in Jesus, that these issues all of a sudden start a chain reaction that leads us to a different spot. See, we're not talking here about just stoically embracing tribulation as part of what happens. But what we learn here is that we glory in tribulations. Why? Because tribulations produce perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope. So the chain reaction is from issues to hope. And that's why I say we can hope in tribulations. Jesus is Pastor Daniel introduced you to two different ways of thinking about your relationship with Jesus. One focuses on knowledge and the other focuses on the experience. However, Pastor Daniel was also able to show you today how you can have both. You're meant to have a close relationship with your Savior. He wants you to know who He is. And that's done both through learning from His Word and spending time with Him. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks for joining me on Jesus is Real Radio. I realize that not all of you who listen are followers of Jesus. But I actually believe that there are many of you right now as you've been listening, you're saying, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I want his death and resurrection to be applied to my life. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me, which is just saying thank you to Jesus for saving you. Let's go ahead. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
and I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm so stoked for you. And I want to get some more resources in your hands to help you continue this journey. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400, 51400, and we'll get some resources into your hands. Now don't go anywhere. Some folks from my team want to share some amazing things with you. Thanks, Daniel. Again, if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel, take out your cell phone and text the word SAVED. S-A-V-E-D to 51400. We'd love to get some resources into your hands and the Crossroads team wants to connect with you. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will remind you that Jesus came to die for you before you were even born. He didn't wait until you were aware of your brokenness and he certainly didn't wait for you to clean yourself up. Jesus entered the world at the perfect moment to save all of humanity flaws and all. That means you don't have to be put together to come to Jesus. Just seek Him as you are right now. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series, Life Intention. Until then, may God bless you.